Welcome to Bourbon and Bud, everybody. Um, we are waiting on Alex. He'll be here shortly, but me and Knuckles are going to hold it down. In the meantime, uh, we appreciate you guys hopping in. We are going to be talking about um, the card this weekend, uh, Noche UFC, uh, headlined by Valent- or I guess Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko, too. Uh, we're also going to be touching on the – um, UFC 293, the last three fights, just the co-main, main, and then, you know, uh, the cop and Felipe DeSantos fight, just because that was a great one. Um, <clears throat> appreciate you guys hopping in, as always. I know I say it every time, but uh, sp- uh, subscribe on Spotify, Apple Pods, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it greatly. Um, yeah, check us out. Knuckles, what do you got, man? What's up, buddy? Oh, well, you know, um, I had a fucking... I was going to do a little shot of, you know, shots of beer and my new shot glass, and it's got a fucking hole in the bottom of it. So I guess uh, I'll have to reseal it. Honestly, man, I'm just going to fucking put some shit under the bottom of it. It's clay made, so I can't be that mad. It was homemade. I bought it for three fucking bucks. But yeah, so this was my shot glass, everybody, that I was going to, for everybody that's watching the video, it's a pretty cool one, but it's got a clay bottom, and you can see, there's a, you can probably barely see, but there's a little it. hole. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'll, uh, I'm just going to get some fucking epoxy. Did you just pour and... beer on your floor? Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. There's fucking beer all over the place. I almost got on my computer. Like I was sitting there holding it up and it's just fucking coming out the bottom. There's beer on me. There's beer on the floor. Cause hey. I was going to do a little tin shot thing of beer. Cause I don't have any liquor. Fuck. Anyway. Hey everybody. It's Knuckles. What's up guys? Hell of an intro. Hell of an intro. Good way to start the card. Or the, the pod. The hell, man. So, uh, talk about this uh, card last weekend, huh? Yeah, I'm going to take, no. take my shot real quick because my, my shot glass yeah, doesn't yeah. have a hole in the bottle. It doesn't have a well, hole you know in the what? bottle, sorry. I'll do a little chuggy chug. So, cheers, brother. It doesn't, doesn't have a hole in the bottom. Cheers to shot glasses with no holes. What's that? Oh, that really tasted good. You can tell by my face. Well, yeah, at least you got all of it because you don't have a hole in the bottom of your shot glass. So. That's true. I don't have any on my floor, so or me or my table or. Oh, dude, yeah, I'm fucked up. I don't know uh, like what kind of, kind of life you live in, but that couldn't be me, dude. I guess that's how they uh, make shot glasses up here in Missouri. Man, that makes me ah, sad. We'll get her. There. We'll get her. We'll get her fixed. We'll get her fixed. All right, let's talk about these last three fights on. Actually, first, first, I do want to talk about the freaking celebration from Tyson Pedro because that was hard. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, dude. <laughs> that was hard. Like, and it was perfectly executed, too. A lot of time, like, I don't know. I moment, guess fighters dude. probably go. I was going to say, I guess a lot of fighters go into the fights thinking, you know, that they know what they're going to do. But to, like, perfectly get it done, dude. I'm telling you, those city kickboxing. Those city kickboxing dudes, I I think they all fucking sit there and practice those celebrations <laughs> like twenty times. <laughs> but anyway, one of their the one of their uh, they have a full session every week dedicated to For choreographed a... celebrations. 
dancing to coming out. Imagine being fucking Izzy, uh, sitting there in the fucking gym, probably choreographing that fucking walkout. That is just uh, whatever, whatever. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna be too. I'm gonna be nice today. Probably not. He had to. T- and he had a he had a TikTok dance, probably choreographed too, because he was supposed to TikTok dance. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. anyway. Anyways, okay. I'm gonna let you cook on Manel Cop versus Felipe Dos Santos. Okay, I yeah. had a wedding this past Saturday. Um, congrats to my boy Jordan and Cheyenne Garvin. Um, now they are married. Um, the boy Knuckles met him in, in Nashville. He's a good dude. Oh yeah, Jordan's a homie. Court. Jordan's a homie. Um, it was a nice wedding, but I didn't get to watch a lot of the car. I only got to see the last two fights, so I'm gonna let uh, Knuckles cook on. Felipe Dos Santos and Manel Cop. Um, man, what can I say? It was just a fucking banger. Like, like Felipe got dropped first round. I thought he was done. Then I thought it was going to be over with. And he found like a second gear. I mean, dude, I think I think shooter box guys are just built to like lull you into a sense of like security where you think you're going to win, and then when you get that, they just pounce back up and start fucking banging. Because we saw it with uh. The dude that beat, um, we we see it with Charles. We saw it with the dude that beat Guram uh, Kutataladze. Um, all those shooter box guy, Elvin Elvis Brenner, that was his name. These guys are just fucking dogs, and that's the thing is the whole fight, Felipe, like what twenty two years old, twenty three years old, just put it to Manel the whole fight. And don't get me wrong, like Manel, yeah, beat his ass, but Manel didn't come out unscathed. He had cuts. Uh, he got rocked solidly, like twice. Um. So, yeah, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to touch on this, is that if that was Kai Car France, Manel Cop's not coming out of that fight awake. He's going to be asleep. I, I, I've seen enough. Manel Cop's going to have to be a lot fucking better than that. Now, now that's not to discredit Felipe Dos Santos. I think he's going to be a big-time fucking fighter in this division. Honestly, give uh, Felipe – I think he's ready for it. Give Felipe David Dvorak. Do that fight because Steve Ursag beat Vorak. I think Felipe could get it, get a lot of new fresh blood up there in the top. Do Felipe versus uh versus the Vorak, and I think you're gonna see the shoot to box guys cooking. So yeah, that's my opinion on that fight. It's a fucking banger. Best fight that night for sure. Damn, sweet. Hell yeah. Um Sounds good. Be excited to see uh, what's in store. I know I heard uh a lot of people say Felipe Dos Santos was dope. Uh, he took it on short notice too. I mean, what like like um, two weeks, a week and a half, week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Uh, are you sure? I mean, Kaikar France pulled out quite a while ago. Oh, maybe it was. I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of somebody yeah, else. I thought so. I mean, it was short. Thinking notice. of a di- it wasn't that. I think it was like maybe three weeks. Give or yeah. take. It's been a while since yeah. he pulled out. But uh, yeah. So the co-main we had uh, Tai Tuivasa versus Alexander Volkov. Um, so we got a second round. Uh, Ezekiel Choke coming from Alexander Volkov. It was a really um, interesting fight, I guess you could say. Uh, Ty kind of does what he always does. Uh, he took a bunch of damage and you know dealt some back. Uh, he his his game plan tends to usually be outlast the opponents, but I did notice one thing, and I, it was kind of reiterated today on the Believe You Me podcast with Anthony Smith and Michael Bisping. Um, he kind of looked a little bit more fluffy than usually looked a little bigger a little little bit more out of shape in my opinion um and one thing that they both kind of 
potentially attributed that to was uh, the fact that he does he, he usually you know he usually goes and does his camps in Abu Dhabi, um, and he stayed home for this one in Sydney. So they were kind of you know questioning maybe the lifestyle that he can live in Sydney that he loves to live where he can't quite do that in Abu Dhabi for obvious reasons. Um, so they kind of attributed it to potentially that, but yeah, I definitely did think he looked a little bit out of shape. More so than usual. I mean, he's not a small guy, obviously. Um, but he looked a little bit bigger to me. Um, <clears throat> just a little bit fluffier. But, uh, I mean, dude, those leg kicks he was landing were lethal. Extremely nasty. Those were disgusting. You could tell Volkov was having a lot of problem or a lot of problems with that lead leg. Um, I think had that fight gotten out of the second round, I would not have been shocked if, if Ty – you know, piece that leg enough and, you know, piece that leg up enough to really start to open up and land some really dangerous shots mm. and potentially even put Volkov out uh, because that leg was in trouble. But, I mean, Volkov, oh, yeah. was, you know, not taking it with him, anything away from Volkov because he looked, I mean, stellar. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, he just got to learn how to check leg kicks. That's the only thing about Volkov. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Especially being that tall and stout, but I mean, there's been a he, he's put a he's put a big emphasis on his, uh, uh, you know, grappling on his game. Well, that, but oh, yeah. more so strength and conditioning. He talked about in the mm. fighter in the fighter you know fighter meetings about uh, how he's been lifting a lot mm. of weights, uh, heavyweight, trying to get stronger because he felt that in those grappling exchanges, mm. in those tight clinch exchanges, he was he was a smaller. Um, you know, less strong guy, and because of how tall and lanky he is, people were able to take advantage of that in those, you know, tight range positions. So he he said he uh, really put an emphasis on getting stronger and bigger, and it looked definitely like that worked because, I mean, yeah, he was kind of well, body and tie. I was going to say, well, he looked overall like his body size is everything. He looked bigger, and I noticed whenever – I looked at the weigh-ins. I looked at the weigh-in weights. This, I think, is the heaviest I've ever seen Volkov come in. I thought he flew. I thought he usually floated around like two fifty to two fifty-five. He's just tall and big. Um, I might be incorrect about that, but I think he weighed like oh, two. Yeah. I said, I think he weighed. Uh, all good. Yeah. No. Keep going. I, I, okay. I'm gonna look. Okay. Gonna look and see what he's been. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, and I he weighed two sixty-two or two sixty-three for this fight. Um, he just looked more solid. I don't know. Like, and he looked like he doesn't have flub, I will say, in fights, but he, like, has some of that, I call it skinny yeah, fat. He's 263. That's got to be the heaviest I think I've ever seen him. I'll tell you. And in, in the Romanov fight, he weighed in at 258. Yeah. Um, so, for example, the one before that and the one before that, Yarzina Rosenstrike, he mm. was 256. Yeah. Um, uh, when he lost to Tom Aspinall, he was. <laughs> 253 so yeah he's i mean he's been consistently, consistently been, yeah yeah you know bulking up marson tiberia before that he was oh well when he fought marson tiberia to be fair he was 263 but um that huh. was probably not quite as much muscle okay I but say. i was gonna say if look at his body type in that fight versus this yeah. one, i guarantee he, i guarantee he looked well because there's there's times and he's where got I've a seen back tattoo yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. But yeah, I was going to say, there's times where I see him and he just kind of looks like he's got a little bit of like, I'm not saying he has like a tire, but like there's a little bit of like extra little bit of lab, I guess, yeah. instead of no, it. Being, I, I and, sure. and, and going and going into this fight, like he, his stomach was solid, his core was solid. You know? But uh, one thing I want to touch on with uh, Taito Ivasa, man, I, I think 
obviously he's a brawler. That's the style he's going to do. That's what he's going to do in every fight. But I feel like if he really honed his shit in and like fought more intelligently or like his corner got him to fight more intelligently, he could win because I saw it a million times and I know his corner had to see it. And I know it's harder. Like I'm not, I'm not a boxing coach, striking coach or MMA coach, but I saw it, you know, I like, I can make this judgment is when he would load up on that right hand after he did it like three or four times, every single time Volkov would just drop his head. I mean, like, and when I say drop his head, I mean, he would fucking drop it like a foot, a foot down. And, uh, I would just swing over his head. And the thing is, Volkov was dropping his head before Ty even like was full swing. It was like as he was loading up. So I was fucking calling for it whenever he was loading up to, instead of going over, turn that bitch around or turn that bitch under and just come up the middle or like even blast the knee up the middle because you'll keep somebody honest, you know even if it doesn't connect with his chin, it'll hit his chest, it'll hit his stomach, and it'll make him think about things, and it'll make him think about separating and changing, and it'll make him maybe stop ducking so much, which will then, in turn, possibly set up that right hand over top. Um, I know I know, Ty doesn't throw a lot of uppercuts. I've seen a lot of his fights. He just doesn't. Um, he just, over, yeah, his... Over and over. Uh, yeah, it's it's that overhand right. It's kind of like... It's kind of like... Well, he just wildly swings overhands and... Yeah. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like Justin Toffa, dude. Justin Toffa. He throws Jr. like. Yeah, he throws. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. He throws wild no, overhands, good. and then sometimes he'll throw a hook, but it's a really looping mm-hmm. hook. It's a yeah, man. It's just I. I think I think if him and the Toffa boys just took a took a little bit of time and maybe like actually watched the career of Mark Hunt, they could learn how a how a big short guy can win fights because it's possible. Mark Hunt was like five eleven and had varied strikes. Like, yeah, a lot of time that overhand right was his main one, but he had kicks. He had head kicks. People don't know that. A lot of people may not realize that, but Mark Hunt had head kicks. So, yeah, they could t- they could take a lot after uh, old Hunt, though. But, yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. You know, Ty, I think he should take some... I know it was almost a year since his last fight, but I really think if he took a little bit more time and find his game, he could come back better. But that's Man, just I hoping. just don't yeah. know if he's ever going to... Change his style, man. I mean, he has fun doing what he does, and yeah. he fights with that USO mentality. Um, yep, that is true. He just doesn't. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see him put that kind of uh, passion into honing his game that way because I don't think he'd mm-hmm. enjoy it. I think he fights. He's one of those guys that fights the way he fights because he enjoys that. He enjoys fighting that way. And I don't know I if you ever get him away from that. Um, and it's unfortunate to see because if he did, he has the power to be as good, if not better, than Mark Hunt. Because, I mean, look at that little stretch. I mean, what that stretch he went on from, like, what, 2020 to 2021, maybe? Oh, dude, he wasn't beating great fighters. He beat Stefan Struve, who's not knocking out Stefan Struve. Um, right. He beat Greg Hardy. He beat Augusto Sakai. Um, yeah, and these Derek are, Lewis, you know, he beat Derek Lewis, but this is the same reason that I picked Cyril Gon to beat Sergey Spivak. Mm-hmm. Is why you yep. know I would level of competition. You yep. know, this is the same guys that they're beating, and it's fun to watch as a fan, and it makes you love the fighter that's doing it. Oh yeah, but, he's one of my top five favorite fighters. Oh, I love <laughs> that motherfucker. He's awesome. He's the coolest. He's one of the coolest dudes in the UFC. But 
For sure. Um, it's also unfortunate because he's probably one of those guys that's on a one-way train to CTE. But, uh, um, you know, Mark I would, Scott, I would so. yeah, oh, for sure. There's no question about that. No, I would no, love, like, yes, like they yeah. came out with those. Well, they don't know for sure until you're dead, but um, they have to like literally just. Well, he's he's got yeah he's got he's got he's got signs of it. I mean, oh, for sure. I mean, the guy definitely has it, but you just can't medically say he has it until right, right. until they like pretty much right. dissect his brain. But anyways, regardless. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, Ty Tuivas. I just don't know if I see him becoming that technical fighter that he probably could be um you know let's send him off dude the city he could be a fucking let's send him off the city kickboxing see what that's happens. what i'm saying that's what i've been saying i guarantee you dude you, eugene Behrman, man I, you know people say like a lot of people want to fucking judge eugene he's coaching two of the best fucking fighters in the world between you know volkov and, and uh izzy i know volkov's not there full time but like or not Wait. volkov Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Sorry, Volkanovski. I don't, Volk. Yeah, I think uh, the connection with Volkanovski and City Kickboxing is a little bit overblown. It's loose, uh, yeah, I know, but... I don't think he really spends a ton of time there. I think he probably no. maybe spends like a couple weeks out of camp there, but I don't think he goes there out of camp, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I could be yeah. wrong, but pretty sure he doesn't go there out of camp, and I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, isn't it's he more the... Australian? No, he's not Australian. He's, he's New Zealand, isn't he? Right? No, he's Australian. Is he Australian? Australia. That's right. Uh, he's yeah, from. Right, uh, so. What's that? Uh, God damn it! Because um, I remember the the mayor of his. No, he's not from Melbourne. He's from like a small town. Uh, but I remember the. Uh, oh, okay. The mayor of his fucking town like condemned him or some shit. It was like news. Um, <laughs> Sounds that's right. He's from Wollongong, and the mayor of Wollongong um, came out and said, "We can't support him because he's fucking like." all about violence and that's not something we can get behind just some bullshit some bullshit bro you know what australia was founded on right my guy i was gonna say australia was founded on fucking bro it was literally a boat of convicts you piece of shit like dude that pissed me off so much that pissed me off like fuck that guy i hope he stubs his toe tomorrow morning dude australia uh, australia australia was in the wild wild west until like 2000 so i don't even like yeah literally like it was literally founded by like what, like five or six ships full of convicts? Like, yep. What are we talking yeah. about here? Yep. Fucking crazy. But, uh, well, fuck Anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, we got to talk about the main event, of course. Um, got to, man. Uh, got to, man. The new, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> the new and new middleweight champion of the world, Sean motherfucking Strickland. I can't believe God it. damn. I Dude. genuinely cannot believe that that happened. Um, and he outclassed him, bro. He, oh, he fucking outclassed him. Wore him up. Mm. He, he uh, I mean, he was damn near defensively perfect. I mean, yeah. that was a damn near defensively perfect performance. It was Dude. insane. Um, you know, there's been a Shout lot out of talk to Eric of, Nixick, too. Yeah, for sure. There's been a lot of talk of oh Izzy Izzy just wasn't there it wasn't Izzy's night this and that you know of course as always is gonna happen when a massive underdog beats any champion it's just how it goes just like they said with Leon and uh Usman which to be fair Leon got dominated that whole fight but um and then he got a nasty KO but I mean that was just performance of a lifetime right there by Sean Strickland I mean the the head strikes numbers 
That's a former you know what's so, kickboxing champion. You know what I'm saying? Like the so, one of the best I, I wanna, It's crazy. I want to tell you a funny, uh, fun stat about that. So Sean landed something like 127. Like, I'm not for sure. And I'm just, don't quote me on it. It was the highest number that has been landed on Izzy in any fight in his professional career. 137, so I was off by 10. That is the most that has ever been landed on Izzy in his whole career, right, in a fight. Fun fact, that is the least amount of significant strikes that Sean Strickland has landed in a in a fight that went the full five rounds. Yeah. And so, so, so the, the, that's the stat differential is crazy. Well, so I think even, even with doing his, even with doing his least, he did the most, you know what I'm saying? Like this was fucking, yeah, that that's, but that is also, I think what goes into why we have to give credit to Sean Strickland um, and not so much just discount Izzy's performance because what mm-hmm. you just said, you know, rings true, but I think you have to think of it as in a way it wasn't just that Sean Strickland didn't didn't land as much as he usually does in a five round fight. He played the game plan perfectly. I mean, the dude, like I've been saying it all week, like the way he was def- he would defend and throw a one two, defend throw a one two. If if Izzy shelled up, if Izzy shelled up, he would throw a, like a four a four or five you know shot combination. Um, but mm-hmm. then he'd back away. He wouldn't get too crazy. He wouldn't go in. No. He didn't fall for the feints. He didn't fall for the baits. None of it, bro. I mean, I'm talking about a perfectly executed game plan. Dude. That's why I think what you're saying is true because mm-hmm. he didn't have to. He didn't have to throw all those strikes. He played the game plan perfect because when you do go try to just jab, 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 throw all these strikes, um, Izzy's going to counter you and you're going to get knocked out. He literally handled he, – he executed the forward pressure but, like, with the perfect amount of caution behind it, like – Dude, he, he – it's just the way that he, he got himself into range. So I was watching this and stuff. And people were like, oh, Izzy had an off night because usually when people try to pressure Izzy, he teep kicks up the middle and tries to push you back. If you watch that fight, every fucking time he tried to kick up the middle or like throw a body kick or anything to get his distance back to set up shit, Sean Strickland caught the kick. Yeah, And that was – that. there was a reason he caught it. There's a reason he caught it, didn't just parry it away. Caught he caught it. He caught – so total, I think he caught five throughout the fight, right? That's uh, I was watching. I rewatched but that it. one uh, that you're talking about. He caught most pronounced. Sure. Oh yeah, the one where he ca- he carried it over to the yeah. cage. So mm-hmm. so the reason that he was doing that was to set up the threat of Blanche takedown and also to disrupt Izzy's flow because he can catch it, make him think, and he's disrupting his flow. Another thing too that he did that was disrupting Izzy's flow that I thought was masterful was every single time Izzy went to like shell up or like to set something up like something over the middle something over the top he would teep kick and body kick him up the middle and push him back to the cage and it would fucking disrupt Izzy's whole flow like Izzy would like I, w- I was watching it dude he like he was starting to get into a flow state where he was reading Sean getting ready to set it up Eric Nixick would shout out something or like either Eric Nixick would shout out something or Sean would just read it you could fucking see it and he would throw that teep kick up the middle and then the same way with like I was watching that thing about Eric Nixick talking to uh, Izzy about after the fight about the reads and shit like that. Like he would tell Sean every time that something was getting ready to come, and Sean would parry it, you know. And it was just it was dude, the 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 connection between fighter and coach that they have is amazing. And also like, and that well, 
in that fight wow. it was amazing. Well, I'm, I'm just in saying that, in no, that it's fight, a, it was a wild weird. dynamic. I'm not. Even, I didn't mean to make that face. You know, discount what you're saying. No, because no, it, it is no, true. but just, no. I was sitting. I was sitting. There <laughs> it's a about crazy it dynamic because if you right. look at the way like Eric Nixick talks to a lot of his fighters, like watch, watch, watch an old like uh, corner moment between him and. Francis and Ganu, and between him yeah. and Sean Strickland, with Francis and Ganu, he's like, "You're doing great, man. You just need to, you know, execute the jab, do this and that, you know, wrestle when you can, and all this and that." But he's with Sean. It's like, "You got him, motherfucker. You got him. You got him. You piece of shit." Like oh, he just feeds dude, it. Yeah. He's, he's so like, good at like fucking... match, like knowing what mm. matching that energy. Yeah. Fighters need to hear. You know what I'm saying? Because Francis dude, got yeah. it like the. Uh, soft-spoken, mild-tempered manner type of guy. So he mimics that in this, you know, in between rounds, and it probably just works. And then he uh, you- knows he knows who Sean Strickland is, and he and he, you know, feeds into that in between rounds with him. So it, it works that way. I think that's uh, amazing. But could you compare their relationship? It seems like it's almost a similar dynamic. Obviously, not in the same exact way. But it reminds me of Sean O'Malley and his head coach, right? Sean O'Malley and his head coach, they're best friends. Like, that's – Yeah, they're, I don't know. They're actually best. But, but like, I, I get that same energy where they just fucking, like, they read each other. They, like, know I each other. I would say a good, a good comparison is Jason Perlo and Cheeto. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I, I, uh, I, I That's a better comparison because – because Jason sits there and he's like real with him. He's like, dude, you're fucking losing this fight because, you know, you're standing still yeah. told that's Cheeto. What are we doing? Cheeto, what are we doing? Right. Yeah, what are we doing? Right. Well, it's like, dude, it's like after the second round, uh, Eric's just like, dude, he's snake charming. He, or he said, don't, he yeah. said, don't fall for that. Fu-. He said, don't fall for that fucking said, fake or snake charm bullshit or whatever. Don't right? get snake charm. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Sean, you know, and it's crazy dude, watching it. Like a lot of people don't maybe not have ever watched a Sean Strickland fight. But for anybody that hasn't, which I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there that haven't because he only ever fights in the Apex and there's a lot of people that probably tune away from the Sean Strickland main event, which if that's you, that's cool. I personally fucking love Sean Strickland and the way he fights. I know that people think that's crazy and think I'm crazy because they think he's boring because he just jabs. He's still fucking putting offense out there. Anyway, getting long-winded. But he was standing there after every round and he would not sit down and he was like walking around and like Eric's sitting there talking to him. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people like, what the fuck is he doing? He's not listening to him. He's not listening to him. So it makes you think like, oh my God, this guy's a fucking idiot. No, Sean's listening to him. He's listening. He's just like, I fucking know. I fucking know. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Eric- I know. I know. Stop. Stop. He was pretty much saying like, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think he did tell. I think he did. All right. 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 Yeah, stop, well, stop. 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 <laughs> That kind of thing. Yeah. When, whenever Eric was saying the thing about the snake charm, he's like, all right, all right, I get it. I get it. Like saying shit like that. Like, dude, I fucking love it, man. But that's crazy, dude. Man. I can't and, it. and when he, dude, honestly, I am glad he beat him the way that he did and not like if he would have got that TKO in the first round, like it would have been fucking cool. But there, but there would have been so many people, oh, fucking lucky yeah, shot. Fuck yeah. Well, that's what, yeah. that's what they said on Believing Me today, too. And then right. I agree with it. You- no, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're all good, man. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't go out. I'm and I'm also fucking big props to fucking Mark Goddard, right? Because yeah. because yeah. Izzy because Izzy last time bitched about Mark Goddard stopping so hard, oh, dude. My God. dude. Well, I saw, the, well, I saw a, a uh, angle. Um, it didn't even look like Mark Goddard was close to stopping it. Not even close. He wasn't. He wasn't. 
dude at all. Like I've watched it, dude. Whenever I've, I've so I've rewatched that Izzy and Alex fight a couple times. The first one, and he was like fucking hovering. Well, and dude. then on and on this one, he's like ten feet back, just like chilling. Like he's just he chilling, was like <laughs> he heard what Izzy said about the first one. He was like, <laughs> if he dies, he dies. Right. <laughs> if he dies, he he's dies. Like, yeah, That's Mark was like, the thing, if you get slept, you get slept. Mark, I think, is the head. I think he's the head of like the ref, like there's a refer, referee union or whatever, MMA referee union thing. I think he's the head of it or whatever. Or like it's the, yeah, it's something like that. John McCarthy used to have the role, but he's in, but now Mark Goddard has it since John stopped refing. But uh, he has said that every fight's a case by case basis. You can't, like, it's kind of like, it's very hard because you've got to know your fighters. You've got to know the fight. You've got to know what you're looking at. And obviously Mark learned from that last fight. He didn't want to sit there and have to fucking deal with. I'm I th- honestly, I think he just didn't want to deal with Izzy bitching. I think that's a big part of it. But also I think he realized Izzy was good because Izzy was getting up. So uh, I saw today, you know, my favorite fighter, Aljamain Sterling, my favorite, like love the fucking guy. Right. I don't know if anybody can sense that sarcasm. Uh, he came out today, today or yesterday, bitching about the fucking stoppage, saying, "Oh, like," or bitching about that not getting stopped. He's like, "Oh, so he can fucking uh, get walloped on and get you know and let it go, but I get punched a couple times and I and I roll over and I get a stop." No, the reason he fucking stopped it is because like the second you started to roll over, like right before that, he landed a direct shot to your fucking skull like unguarded and also there's landing he's landing multiple israel was doing this yeah like some of them were getting some some of them were getting through but a lot of them were hitting arm there is a definite argument there is an argument for the aljo stoppage there's an argument for it to be uh no yeah but 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 i don't want to hear that shit from from aljo talking mm. talking about that because like you said Izzy was mm. fine I mean he got he did get yeah. he was hurt it's bad, not comparable. But he recovered it's not comparable, he recovered though, fine yeah. he recovered fine he was getting pieced up but he also was blocking when he was defending intelligently so mm. <clears throat> great Whereas- you can say you can <laughs> well, you, well you can say Aljo didn't you know have enough time to to yeah defend intelligently because of the way the just the way the sequence happened uh it looked bad i think it looked a little bit worse than it was but just mm-hmm. the way the sequence happened it just looked that way and and even like all joe said when it first happened like i mean i get it like you know shit happens can but, i can i can i be honest though yeah. i actually so <laughs> never in a million years would i thought i agree with all but i do agree i thought it i thought it was kind of i'm not gonna say like crazier but I thought it was kind of he should have because, had more of a because, chance. To, well, I think I think when he started rolling over, he was going to start posting to try to get up. I oh, think for that's sure. Crazy. And, it was just a bad optic. Yeah, but it is two completely different, two completely different scenarios. Yeah, I don't think he he hasn't he has you know an argument to say that it was stopped early for sure. He shouldn't dwell on that though, and I don't think he has. Just to be honest, he's he's mentioned it a few times, but I don't think he's he's not. In his credit, he has not really talked about it that much, but right. that one was bad. Yeah, he, he should you shouldn't compare two stops. He's he's. I think I think he's using it to leverage for a rematch. That I'm sure obviously, he is. Obviously, uh, obviously, you know, but anyway, for sure. anyway, 
But yeah, fucking hey, great Sean fucking Strickland. fight, great fucking fight. Yeah, Sean or great, great performance. Me and my yeah. roommate, we got back from the wedding. Um, we were drinking a little bit, and we said if if Sean Strickland wins this fight, we are getting hammered tonight. And dude, we were watching that fight, dude. When when the when we were in our garage, and the first round happened, and dude. Yeah, Izzy got knocked down. We stood up and we went absolutely ape shit, dude. And then the second round, dude, I'm not gonna lie, the second round happened and Izzy won the second round for sure. And I was just like, ah, oh, fuck, here we go. It's gonna, here's how it's gonna go the rest of the fight. It's yeah, dude, I was like, oh, it's be boring. Yeah. yeah, I was like, Izzy just gonna do this, and I was because he, because he, in my opinion, clearly won the second round, clearly. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And I was like. In my mind, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Here we go. This is about to how this this is gonna how, this is gonna be how this goes. He's gonna win the win the fight on a boring decision just because of this." And and then in round three, I was like, "To the first because Izzy run the Izzy won the first uh, half of round three as well." Yep. And then yep. Sean started landing some shots, and I was like. Yeah, he oh, just shit. turned it up. Oh yeah. shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! I got. I was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he won the. He won round three because of his second half of round three. And then from there, it was yep. just like smooth sailing. And I was like, there's no fucking way. Man. I just knew. I just knew Izzy was gonna <clears throat> spark him with like a minute left in round five. I just. I, knew yeah, it. I was like, dude. I, was, I just knew I, it. I was like, I was like, I was Man, fucking dude. I was so gripping fun. my chair. And then this dude's about to knock him out with a minute left in the fifth round. And it just never happened. I was like, there's no way. And with like 10 seconds left, dude, when 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 Sean started screaming at him, I <laughs> dude, went dude. fucking nuts, dude. I stood up. Oh, I dude, was, I was oh bro. I went straight. I was, I was like, I was like talk your shit. Talk your shit. <laughs> oh, dude. I went straight Neanderthal. I was like going hey <laughs> shit, bro. And I was like, <gasps> dude, I was going yeah. crazy, bro. So I feel that, bro. Hey. Man, man. It Dude. is. It happened. I can't believe it. You want to? You want to? You want to? You want to? My my last my last thought on this because I know we got to move on to the next part. But uh, my my last thing that I want to say is that this fucking thing is a game of inches. And what I mean by that is that had Sean not landed that right hand over the top to drop him the first round, Izzy would have won that round. He probably would have coasted and won that round because he was winning the round up until that point. He was just doing. He was doing enough, so he would have won that round. And then he won the second round. And then the third round, it's some people say that Izzy won it. I thought Sean won it. Um, what, obviously, the the, yeah. There's some people think that Izzy won it. I'll, obviously, well, high as fuck. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, okay, again, I'm not gonna say that. that's not that's not true. Right. That one. That a lot one of those close, rounds but, were a little bit close. Right. I'm not gonna say that I was four, four, one, four, and five. I think were 100, percent 100 percent for sure. Sean Strickland for sure. Round two, two three. Two, round three, two, two was, was Izzy. Clearly Izzy. Yeah, and three, then three was three. You could make an argument for sure. Right. So what I'm saying is, we're living in a world where if Sean didn't get that knockdown, Izzy yeah. could be the champion of the world right yeah. now. Still, that's what's fucking crazy. I love this game so much. Well, dude. I love this the, fight, dude. The judges got that shit so perfect. I mean, it was that, that was, was the best judging the, I have seen. I mean, that whole card, dude. It. I was about to say like. Yeah, that whole card—they got everything right. The week before too, they did pretty good. I feel like. Yeah, Paris. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully, Man, this is a fucking but, turning point. Hopefully, something happened. I don't know. Hopefully, we're having a fucking good finish because it's been a rough year for judging so far. But. Um, I mean, it's been a rough fucking. It's been a rough, what, almost thirty fucking years now. Because <laughs> yeah, since the UFC started, it is thirty years. But. Yeah, thirty years. Yeah. Anyway, man. 
It's never uh, going to be perfect, but it can always be better. Yeah, we can move on for sure. Um, All right, man. Before I'm gonna go we get... do, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm going to go take a piss. I'm going to blow my nose because this COVID fucking aftermath just out Oh, yeah. You'll be, dude, you're fucking, your nose will be draining forever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's uh, do that and then we'll be back. Take Hell a yeah, man. Or something. Sounds good, man. Sounds good to me. Better, yeah, in my, a, in my, a in my, in my fucking. Dude, if you don't shotgun a beer with me while I take this shot, I'm going to be really offended. Okay. I'll get a, I'll get a beer shot. Man. Like, okay. I'll be right back now. All right, man. All right, let's keep so it fucking, off, man. UFC Noches. Well, hey, it's Noche UFC. Let's get it right. Noche Respect UFC. The, Mexican heritage. We don't have our brother Alex here yet. I hope I hope he gets in we'll here. See, this is this is right. This is just right for him, bro. All right. We've got uh headlined by Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko too. Um man, they need to do hard. it's not a bad card. Um can I say be... can I say this? Can yeah. I say this? No. They need to do they, no, no, no. They need to do more of these, though. They need to do more of these uh, fight night cards that are headlined the by last, a champion. Yeah, I mean, they it's used been to do it. They used to do it. Three years. The yeah, last one was uh, Figueredo versus Benavidez, two, I think. And that was a salt, you know, it wasn't a phenomenal was card. Oh, the card was fine. I thought you were about to say the fight. <laughs> no, the no. fight The fight was <laughs> fucking one no, side. If I remember correctly, that was a pretty damn good card. Let me, let me tell you what that card yeah. was. While we're, while we're on the subject, just because we're about to get into this one. Um, <laughs> Figurito. I don't know how to spell that. Versus. Oh, I can look it up. No, I got it. It's all good. Okay, I you got, got it. you, cool. bro. Right, got bro. you. Um, yeah, right, I mean, it was. Oh shit, that was a pretty damn good card. I don't even remember. Was it half these? Fuck yeah, it was. Uh, where Davis and Figueredo, um, first round sub over Joseph Benavidez in the main event. Co-main was Jack Hermanson subbing Kevin Gastelum. Um, before that was Rafael Faziv, uh, beating Mark Diakizi. Uh, Ariane Lipsky, first round sub over oh, Luana Carolina. Damn. Uh, that okay. was the that was the card that Askar Askarov uh, beat uh, Pantoja. Um, oh fuck! I forgot that even fucking happened, damn, dude. dude. Roman Delize got a first round KO over somebody that's not in the UFC anymore. Grant Dawson won. Um, Yoel Bloody Alvarez man. beat Joseph Duffy. Joe Duffy. Uh, Brett John I remember that. Beat I remember Montel that, yeah. Jackson. Amir Albazi beat Malcolm Gordon via first round sub. Armin Zarukian. Was the second fight on the fucking card? The first fight on the card was Sergey Spivak versus Carlos Felipe. Damn, looking back, that was a banger. Okay. Maybe we're. In I love. I love, dude. I love <laughs> looking back at cards because we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it with cards like this. Oh yeah. Like we're looking. At, we're looking at this and fucking ten or not even ten years from now, like probably two to three years from now, we're gonna be like, God, these guys are like good. Like names like Daniel Zellhuber and shit like that. Oh, dude, Probably gonna fucking, be some. Uh, dude, there's a guy who is it that I'm high as fuck on. We'll talk about it more, but um, it was fucking. Yeah, Padilla. let me pull up. I don't yeah, Francisco Padilla. Ooh, I like that guy. But anyways, dude, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm big on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna uh, preface this by saying uh, the odds that I present um on this on this uh, podcast are going to be odds that I found. As of 2.30 Central Standard Time on September 12th. 
So do with that what you will. These odds might not be accurate come fight day. They've already changed since I checked yesterday. So um, they'll probably be a little bit different, but they're not going to be too different, I don't, I don't believe, unless something crazy happens, like a, a weight miss or something. You know. Uh, but uh, kicking off the card, uh, we've got Juice, uh, Josephine Knutson or Nutson, whatever the fuck her name is. Um, Knutson, yeah, Josephine Knutson, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah what he said. Uh, versus... Uh, Marnik Man or Marnie Man, whatever the fuck her name is. I don't know. Right, something um, like that. I'm bad at that. John John Anik puts me to shame. I could never do his <laughs> fucking pronunciation thing he does. But um, so Josephine uh, Knutson is uh, or Knutson, whatever you said, is six and zero uh, as a as an MMA fighter. It's her UFC debut. She does have a UFC or a Dana White contender series win, I believe. And she's also a uh, road to the UFC veteran. She fought like three or four times on the road to the UFC. Um, she only has one MMA finish in her six wins, which, you know, people frown upon, but not as much in the women's division. Uh, her opponent's combined record is 25-10-2, though, which is not that bad for women's MMA. Um, and she also, as a pro kickboxer, I don't know if you know this, she was 27-5 and as a pro kickboxer and um, – she also in the K1 uh, women's flyweight tournament of the world, she was a finalist and she only lost uh, to like the best women's flyweight kickboxer of all time. And two of those five kickboxing losses come to her. So, I mean, if you exclude the best women's flyweight kickboxer of all time, she's 27 and three as a pro kickboxer. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty impressive in my opinion. Um, she's fighting Marnik Mann who is six and one as a pro MMA fighter. It's also her UFC debut. Uh, her only loss was on Dana White contender series in her defense to Bruna Brazil. I think she got knocked out like head kick or something. Um, in her six wins, she has four finishes. He had three KOs and one sub. Um, however, she is three and zero in the LFA. I will preface what I'm about to say by that. She's three and zero in the LFA. LFA is obviously a good feeder league to the UFC, but her opponent's combined record is like 21, 16 and one. So it's like, she's not fighting the best competition. Mm. Um, I do think Josephine Knutson is way too heavy of a favorite at minus six twenty. Um, but I do have her winning. I don't think that Marine Marnik man is going to win. She's a plus three seventy five underdog. I've got, you know, women's MMA underdogs are always, um, a decent little bet no matter what pretty much um, unless it's you're talking about like Amanda Nunez but I do have Josephine Knutson getting the job done probably by finish honestly I think she's gonna knock her out but what do you think man I was actually gonna agree everybody uh, I don't know the way I watched her contender series fight um, just a couple weeks ago or probably like three weeks ago now I think and she's the real deal dude I don't know why she didn't get a contract on that Dana White I think he was smoking something before that because out of anybody that was on that card, she probably was the most UFC ready. Um, and this Marnik man is going to find that out and she's going to get just dog walked. Um, mm. Just l- everything that you said, uh, everything that you prefaced, the opponent's record, the way that the her past experience in kickboxing, which does obviously translate well into MMA and it has in the past, uh, yeah, Marnik Man's coming to this fight against a fucking killer. Um, yeah, Knudsen's going to go out there, and I'm going to say within the first 
two rounds. I'm going to say under one and a half going to finish her. Um, and that's saying a lot for somebody that doesn't finish people, but I think, I think Knudsen's going to, going to finish her. And yeah, because I also think she wants to make a statement to Dana White because Dana White's big talking point um, after the contender series win is, Oh, I felt like she could have finished that fight. She didn't. So I think, I think Josephine's going to come out here and just fucking put the wood to her. So yeah, Knudsen under one and a half. <clears throat> All right. You're still muted, my brother. Uh, I knew that. Um, <laughs> next fight on that card is going to be Alex Reyes versus Charlie Campbell. This is a really interesting one. It's hard to uh, mm. really break down. Um, Alex Reyes. We'll start with him just because he's the you know blue corner fighter or red corner, I guess. Um, he is thirteen. <laughs> it's it's weird three. as fuck. He's thirteen and three as a pro. He's 36. Um, he's 0-1 in the UFC, and he hasn't fought <laughs> since 2017. And in that fight, he was KO'd by Mike Perry. Granted, it was on short notice, and it was a weight class above what he usually fights at and what he's historically fought at. Um, he's only fought three times since 2015. Um, <clears throat> it's not like he was just sitting on the sidelines. He had a spinal infection. It was a pretty bad one. He was in bad shape. Um, so, you know, he was, he had another opponent. Somebody pulled out on him. Who was it? Uh, do you know off the top of your head? I can look it up. Hold on. Um, I'll say topology. We'll have it. I... No, I got you. It's, it was, uh, Oh, Nathan, Nathan Levy as always. Um, Oh uh, God damn. They were going to do that. To... Well, he had, uh, Nathan Levy might not ever fight again because he has a fucking, blood issue or uh he has a yeah he's it's i think he i think well, it's kind of similar yeah, yeah I, I think it's similar to what uh patty uh patty Hulahan, if you remember him yeah. had um so but yeah well, i yeah, can't believe Nathan levy pulled out of that one and i'm talking this guy charlie campbell he's seven and two uh he's taking his fight on like a week notice um his UFC debut, he is 0-1 on Dana White's contender series. He did fight and lost to Chris Duncan. Um, he is 2-0 in Bellator, though. He's got five finishes in his seven wins. All of them are by KO. Um, I do have Charlie Campbell winning just because Alex Reyes is 36 years old and hasn't fought mm -hmm. since 2017 and only fought like once or twice since 2015. Oh, three yeah. times. Sorry. I just said that. Um, but – to put Charlie Campbell on one week notice as a minus four twenty favorite to Alex Reyes's plus two eighty is insanity. I do have Charlie Campbell winning, but uh, throw fucking money on Alex Reyes. Throw yeah, money. throw throw five dollars. You get some. Yeah, yeah, uh, man. They just like I really feel like going into this man. They 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 just want Alex Reyes to lose because no matter who he's facing, because Charlie Campbell's bad. Like to face on short notice, and again, Charlie Campbell's not a world beater. His competition that he's fought, uh, his opponents weren't phenomenal. I mean, he's two and eight. Like, They're not terrible. But um, but 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 what I'm saying is though, like, I don't know. Charlie Campbell's just not like he's not. You know, like I'm not, what I'm saying is yeah, he's a good fighter. I'm just saying he's not like world not class. World like, sure. Right, like, right. So, but, but 
they had him. I'm just still flabbergasted that they had him fighting Anton Levy. Anton Levy would have fucking done bad things to that man, I think. And again, I, you know me, dude. Again, I'm going to preface this to everybody by saying Anton Levy also is like one of my top probably 10 favorite lightweights. Don't fucking ask me why. I just like the guy's energy. He's probably one of my top five favorite lightweights. I like the guy's energy, man. That's what it is, man. Um, but yeah, I think Natan Levy would have dog walked Alex Reyes. But anyway, speaking of that, I think Charlie Campbell is probably going to dog walk Alex Reyes. Reason being, ring rust is real and seven fucking years, six fucking years of ring rust. Yeah, ring rust is rough, dog. And uh, Alex Reyes isn't Dominic Cruz or John Jones and just can come off the fucking bench and look phenomenal after having so many years off. So yeah, Alex Reyes is probably going to unfortunately get dog walked um, and he should retire. This fight is weird. It's a weird fight. Again, but sprinkle some money on Alex Reyes because he might come out and just be like doing some ninja shit that we don't know about, but six years is a long time, dude. It's a long time. <clears throat> um, yeah, next up, uh, we've got Tracy Cortez versus Jasmine Jazudavicious. Um, Jazudavicious. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard as fuck to say. It's okay. What is it? Jazudavicious. Fuck, fuck off. Jazudavicious. 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 So. There you go. Jazudavicious. There you go. Yeah. Um. Tracy Cortez, 10-1. and one. She's 4-0 in the UFC. Uh, she did have a win on Contender Series before she joined the UFC. Um, she only has two finishes in her 10-win career, which is obviously not great. Uh, 1K at one sub. She did uh, beat Aaron Blanchfield in Invicta um, via split decision, so – I, Aaron Blanchfield was also like she's also like she was twelve yeah, years old when that fight happened. Like yeah, yeah. seventeen, but um, <laughs> and it was a split decision. But it's also Aaron Blanchfield, so I'm not gonna hold right. a loss or a win against against her. You know, on that one, mm-hmm. um, her her only loss was like the second fight of her career, so I'm not gonna hold that too much. in Tracy Cortez's um demise, she's fighting Jasmine Judavicious or whatever the fuck you said. I don't care, man. Whatever, um. Three and she's three and one in the UFC. Um, she's one and zero on Dana White's contender series. She did lose to Elise Reed in twenty twenty. Not a great loss. That's not good. That was outside of the UFC. I don't remember which promotion either. Victor or LFA won, but um, I've got Tracy Cortez. Man, I just need to be proven that she can't do it before I believe that she won't. Um, she is a minus one twenty and Jasmine. Whatever the fuck her last name is, Knuckles, I don't care, is a plus 100. <laughs> um, so I got Tracy Cortez. Yeah, go for it, Knuckles. And you pronounce Man. her name, her, you pronounce her last name right all you fucking want to, because I don't <laughs> care. Jasmine Jazdavisius. I guess oh. that's right. That's, that's what, that's what, that's what John Annick says. Well, fucking, uh, does John right Annick, st- does John Annick still do that weekly, like, name? Like check thing that he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's what I was saying with with his. Yeah. What's he do it on? I don't. Does he do it on his pod with Anna Kaplan? Anna Kaplan, but he does it with okay. the producer Cody Mero. Yeah. So I like again. I didn't watch it this week. I've just seen enough. I've actually like Jasmine Jazdavisius of women fighters. I've probably watched her more than most, and I don't know why. I just happen to catch the fights again. Like Max, I watch. 
every fight every week between contenders. So obviously, <clears throat> fun, fair, uh, fair warning: we're not watching the contender series this week because we're recording. But <laughs> but most most time we catch most cards anyway. So I'm getting long winded again. But uh, Tracy Cortez versus Jasmine Jazdevisis, man, I was doing a little bit of study on both of them. Uh, Jasmine has been a lot more active than Tracy has been recently. But again, I know Tracy's been going through a lot of different things between the breakup with Brian Ortega. I think she's been recovering from like some. She had a surgery. Yeah, she hasn't said surgery. I don't know it was a fairly uh, invasive surgery, to be honest. I don't right, think it was a small surgery. Right. right. No, no, I think it's fairly major, you know. Um she's had a lot of shit going on in her life, you know, and again, like a lot of people don't take that into account when going into fights, but I think that could factor into this one. And also Jasmine has just been really, really fucking active and she looks better with every single fight. I am not entirely sold on Tracy Cortez. I think she is a good fighter. I think she could be top five if she stays active and stays healthy and stays strong and everything else like that. But I honestly, I am, I think I'm going to, dude, I think I'm going with, because of how she looked against Miranda Maverick, I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Jasmine uh, Jastavicius because I think Tracy Cortez is, yeah, I know Max doesn't agree with me, but I, th- I think that Tracy Cortez is very similar to Miranda in a lot of respects because I know Tracy's like pretty grapple heavy. Um, and, and Jasmine really. <laughs> No, keep going. Keep just, going. Just, no, 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 she did a really good job of negating Miranda Mavericks grappling, and I think Miranda Mavericks probably a better grappler than Tracy Cortez. So I'm picking Jasmine Jasvisius underdog. Oh, yep. No. That's fair. Yeah, that's a fair man. Can't, can't um, always agree on all of them. Can't always agree <laughs> oh, on all of them. Oh, so. man. Um, anyways. Um, um, yeah. That's a, sh- uh, that's a pick for sure. I'm should sure. be a fun – should, should be like it. Should be an in- should be the, should be an in- should be an interesting fight, though. I, I think, think it'll be fun. Honestly. I think it'll be a good uh, good little scrap. Um, let's see. What do we got next? Um Edgar Chires versus Chires, right? Daniel De Silva. He, Man, this is a banger too. Um, so you've got Edgar Chires. Banger? I think so. Uh, he's ten and five. It's gonna be a weird one. I don't know. I think it's gonna be a weird one. But um, Edgar Chires is ten and five. Uh, he's own one in the UFC. He's own one in Dana White Contender Series. Um. He does have 10 finishes, four KOs, and six subs. His only UFC loss is to Tatsuro Tyra, and he did not look horrible at all in that fight. He didn't look bad at all. Uh, he's got seven first-round finishes. Um, you got him going up against Daniel Da Silva uh, Lacerda, I think. is his... Remember yeah. Him, but, uh, That's his last yeah, Lacerda. Yeah, Daniel Lacerda, you know. Google just has it fucking wrong, but um, he <laughs> is eleven and five, but he's zero and four in the UFC. Yeah, um, and he's been finished four times in the UFC. However, he is still in the UFC, and some of the guys that have been cut have been cut. Crazy to me, but um, right. um he does have eleven finishes. He's got five KOs and six subs. Um. He doesn't have the best wins and losses in general. I mean, he lost to CJ Vergara, 
which that's not a terrible. That was the one where wasn't that the uh, fucking run? Was that the runaway fight? Yeah, that was the sprint fight. The yes, runaway. Yes, it was. Yeah, where he, <laughs> he was piecing the fuck out of CJ Vergara in his defense, but that is uh, fair, before yeah. that he lost to Victor Almirano and Jeff Molina. The inexcusable loss to me is Francisco Figueroa because he yep, sucked. Yep. Yeah, but um, that's Figgy Smalls, right? Yeah, yeah, that's Figgy yeah. Smalls. The only, I mean, he's one and one, or no, sorry, 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 two and one in Chuto Brazil, which is a pretty good. That's a good Brazilian promotion. Yeah, yeah. but dude, the guy he beat first in in Chuto Brazil was six and four, and the second guy he beat was like an old ass motherfucker, and he was twenty one and eleven. Oof, so, yeah, it's not that. Crazy. I mean, Edgar Chirez is probably going to win that fight. It's fights. Anything can happen, but Chirez is probably going to win. I'm surprised that he's only a minus two sixty five. No, I got, I got shit odds, but I got Chirez running through him. I've got Chirez running the fuck through him. The way that he looked against Tatsuro Tyra, and I know that fight was short notice for both of them because or it was Tatsuro was training, and then his opponent dropped out, and then he had to take Chirez. But the yeah. way that Chirez looked against a an opponent of Tatsuro's quality has me thinking that Edgar Chirez has an upside that, Hey, maybe he can turn some shit around and actually like get going. And yeah. Oh, and one in the UFC. That's okay. Um, because after Saturday, he's going to be one and one probably. And I think he's going to fucking finish, uh, Daniel. So that's my opinion. And again, the odds on that one are minus two sixty five and plus one ninety for Daniel Serta. Uh, can we, hey, can we take yeah. one? Can we take one little break? I gotta go. No, dude. No, dude. No, I'm just kidding. Right. I was like, I gotta go check on my kid real quick. So give me yeah, a second. I gotta. Well, basically, I just gotta go. Tell I'm gonna him go. To go to bed. I gotta I'm go gonna, tell I'm him gonna, to go to bed. I'm gonna take that advantage and go piss. So. All right. Hey, me too, man. All right, everybody. We back. Uh, we're gonna take this shot. Slash chug real quick. Chug out uh, of the mug. Chug out uh, of the mug. And talk about the rest of these fights. Why don't we do it? Right, if man. you have a shot, if you have a beer, get it ready. And Join us. Have something with us, man. Cheers. Or rip a bong, whatever I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do a bong rip on this podcast eventually. <laughs> That was that was that's hard because it's too fucking wide of a mouth. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's what she said. God damn it! You know all about that wide mouth. You gotta. Oh god! Oh god! All right. Well, oh, this god. is in the podcast, everybody. We'll see you later. We'll see you next time. <laughs> He's like, what the um, fuck? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, next up on the card, we've got. Roman Kopilov versus uh, Josh Fremd. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go out on a limb and say we're on the same page on this one, but uh, Roman Kopilov is 11-2. Uh, he's 3-2 and in the UFC. He has won three in a row uh, in the UFC after going 0-2 on his first two. Uh, he has 10 finishes out of his 11 wins, all by KO. He's fighting Josh Fremd, who is 11-4 as a pro, 2-2 two two in the UFC. He does have eight finishes, four KOs, and four subs, so he's you know fairly well well rounded. Uh, he's got some uh, some losses that are less than favorable. Um, I've got Roman Kopilov. He's a minus four twenty favorite. <laughs> Blaze him. Um, and Josh Friend <laughs> is a plus two eighty underdog. Uh, but anyways, Knuckles, what do you think, man? 
man. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's Roman Coppola, man. I agree. Like I, like I could go on a long-winded fucking thing. It's, it's, it's Roman Coppola. Like I want to, like I want to. I always, man. I, I like, I like, I like giving people their just dues, like underdogs and shit. I want to be like, oh yeah, this guy's good. But Josh Fram, man, he fucking struggled even his last time out, man. You know, so like I. It's Roma Kapilov, man. It was supposed to be him versus Anthony Hernandez. That's a fight I wanted to fucking see. That's a fight everybody wanted to see because Noche UFC, Anthony Hernandez has a Hispanic background. And, man, I'm super fucking high on him. Fluffy, hopefully you get a quick recovery. You get back out there. Hopefully they can rebook this bitch because I want to see you versus Roman. I think that's a banger of a fight. So, But, yeah, Roma Kapilov, dude. And I think he's going to get a finish. So, Me too. <clears throat> Another knockout, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, sounds good. I figured we were probably both on the same page on that one and this one too. Uh, Lupi Godinez versus Elise. Exactly. Uh, Lupi yes. Godinez is yeah. ten and three as a pro. She's five and three in the UFC. Granted, two of her three losses in the UFC come to Jessica Pinne and Angela Hill. Um, mm-hmm. She has two finishes in her MMA career, which is not great, but whatever. She's Lupi Godinez. Uh, has only two submissions. Um, she's fighting Elise Reed, who is seven and three as a pro, three and three in the UFC. She's not that great. Um, she also has only two finishes, but they are by <laughs> KO. Um, so you've got Luby Godinez minus 470, Elise Reed plus 310. I think Luby Godinez wins that fight pretty easily. What do you think, man? Yeah, uh, Luby, um, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really cooked on cooked about Luby on the, on the podcast, but Luby's actually probably my favorite female fighter. She's not my favorite female fighter. She's top three. I really like her. I really like her energy. I really like her as a person. She's just a fucking phenomenal interview. Uh, from what I've seen, I'd love to get her on the podcast, but she just seems like a phenomenal person. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to cook too much on the fight. I'm just going to speak on what I think of Loopy. She's just fucking phenomenal, dude. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, her her fight style might not be for everybody, but she's a dog. She's a pit bull, in my opinion, and she's going to go out there. And Elise Reed likes to uh, stand a lot. It seems like, um, and I think Loopy's just going to fucking take her down, ground her out, and it's probably going to be her. It's going to be <clears throat> kind of like maybe like the Carnalosi fight where Lupi just just grinds, dude. Just grinds the fucking fight out. And yeah, so Lupi probably by unanimous decision, 30-27, maybe 29-28. Maybe Elise does enough to win around. I doubt it. So I'm going to say 30-27, Lupi decision. Yep. Fair enough. I pretty much agree. Um, Next up, hold on. Get that drink in, brother. It's important. Um. Next up, we've got uh, Fernando Padilla – or no, sorry. Fernando Padilla versus Kyle Nelson. Uh, Fernando Padilla is 15-4 and four as a pro. He's 1-0 one one in the UFC. He's 3-1 in LFA. He's got 13 finishes, 5 knockouts, 8 submissions. Um, he has 10 first-round finishes out of his 13 finishes. Uh, his one of his, one of his four losses is a loss to Dan Ige in uh, cage fighting – or cage free fighting championship, whatever it is, uh, a long time ago. So, you know, not a bad loss there, obviously. Um, and he KO'd, uh, you know, Julian Arosa in his debut. He's a good fighter, man. I like, I like Fernando Padilla a lot. Um, he's fighting Kyle Nelson, who's fourteen five and one. He's two and four and one in the UFC. Um, he's got nine finishes, five KOs, and four subs. 
I kind of told you before we started like recording everything that uh, they're giving a, some of these Mexican fighters layups, and I think that they're giving uh, Fernando Padilla a layup because he's going to beat the dog shit out of Kyle Nelson. He's probably going to get a first-round knockout, and I can – I will probably bet on 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 Fernando Padilla via first round knockout. I mean, I don't think there's a world where he doesn't get that. Maybe second round, but it's not going to go long. Kyle Nelson is just he's he's okay. He's not going to win that fight. What do you think, man? Uh, I pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah, everything that you said. Um, I, I want to give I want to give uh, Kyle Nelson a little bit of shine. He's not going to win this fight, everybody. Just just to make that clear, he's not winning this fight. But I want to give him a little bit of shine because. He did beat Blake Builder, which Blake Builder is a solid prospect, not phenomenal, but a solid. That, yeah. yeah, he beat he beat Blake Builder. Um, I also don't think we saw the best version of Blake Builder, and I think Blake even said the same thing after the fact. He went to draw with Duho Choi, which Duho Choi is a dog. He lost to Jai Herbert though, and I know that's a lightweight, but that that's tough. He lost to Billy Q. Billy Q is a phenomenal fighter. Um, he lost to Matt Sales. I am that's one that I'm like eh, but he did lose the CDF. Uh, Carlos Diego Fajeda. Um, so it's his his wins, his losses are like kind of middling. Like he has some bad ones and good ones. I also think Jai Herbert isn't a terrible loss too. Actually, thinking about it, because Jai uh, Herbert's actually like a decent fighter. Loss. I don't like that loss. But I, I don't. I, but again, it's a lightweight, and I feel like Kyle Nelson is honestly Kyle Nelson probably is a featherweight. But I, another thing I want to cook on about this fight. Can we talk about the tall, like the the fight of the tallest fucking uh, featherweights, dude? Padilla, <laughs> Padilla, Padilla is six foot one, and Kyle Nelson's five foot eleven. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day. It's and again, like five, dude. You guys, you guys look back. Anybody that watches this, look back five anywhere between five to eight years ago. Most of your average featherweights were like five eight to like five ten maximum. Like five ten was on the tall side. Um, because fuck back in the day you had Jose Aldo's five seven, you had Chad Mendes five six, you had Connor McGregor five foot nine, you had uh Dennis Seaver five six, you had um Dennis Bermudez five seven, Cub Swanson's like five seven, five eight. And now you got fucking people like these dudes, five eleven, six foot one, Giga Chikaze, who's six foot, uh Yair who's like five ten, five eleven. Max Holloway obviously was back then too, but he's five ten. Um, or you know, Max Holloway's five eleven, isn't he? Um, and that's it's dude, it's crazy that these people and they're fucking weight cutting, man. <laughs> this fucking weight cutting business, man. Uh, but yeah, dude. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see the the hype battle, man. It's gonna be. Yeah. I love I love I love tall boys swinging and banging, dude. Uh, yeah, Kyle Nelson's gonna lose this fight. But honestly, like, he's a dog. He's just really – another thing that I've noticed with Kyle Nelson fights, he's really slow. Like, he's kind of, like, really – like, he throws really slow. It's weird. His punches are strange. Say, yeah. yeah For uh, sure, no doubt. I don't, I don't know what it is. But, yeah, Francisco Padilla, dude, first round. First round Fernando. TKO. What did I say, Fernando? You said Francisco. <laughs> Francisco. 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 Fernando. The same damn thing, you know. No, nah, you know. Fernando's. I like Fernando. I like Fernando. I like the Dude, name. I'm Fernando. excited. I'm so fucking pumped. Uh, hey, everybody. By the way, yeah, fucking. Matt, uh, Max, dude, he's eye on this Fernando guy, and he's kind of dude. And dude, he got every time Max has gotten me high, gotten high on a fighter, dude. He's gotten me high on a fighter. We got high. 
we got hot. We got fucking pumped up about um, Bruno Silva. Was that the guy? Mm-hmm. No, who's was that Bruno the dude? Ferreira. That Bruno, Bruno Ferreira. Ferreira. Yeah, and ever yeah, since then, dude, any t- any time that Max cooks on a fighter, dude, like, and gets me hyped up, I'm the same. So, like, after this fight, I'm probably gonna be a big time Fernando Padilla fan because probably honestly, I, I I did I, dude. the way the way that he did Julian uh, Julian Arosa. I remember that. So yeah. I'm, well, what's what's beautiful for me is like he knocked out Julian Arosa, but he is even he he's he's higher up on my list, way higher up than Bruno Ferreira because Bruno Ferreira yeah. is a knockout artist. He's just gonna go out there and knock you out. But Fernando Padillo or Padilla, sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Padilla. Padilla, um, he won he won his first fight in the UFC via you know TKO, but. Man only has five KO finishes in his career, and he has eight submissions. We're talking about a guy that has fought, you know, he has 15 wins, and 13 of those wins are finishes. I love him. I love him. Fernando Padilla, watch out for that motherfucker because he's coming. He's coming. You got he's me coming pumped, for brother. that featherweight division. Um, I'm just saying. Anyways, you done You done cooking on that one? Can I move on? Yeah, me, one? man. You know me. I, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. Bet. Uh, next one. Sorry, is uh, going to be Daniel Zellhuber versus Christos Giagos. Um, we've got Daniel Zellhuber, who is 13-1 as a pro. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. Uh, he has nine finishes in career in his career, seven KO, two subs. He was 1-0 one one, one oh on the Dana White Contender Series. He has not gotten a finish in the UFC yet, I don't believe. Honestly, he had a relatively close, not that close, but relatively close decision on uh, uh, Lando Venata when he fought him. Uh, that, shit fighting, was, that shit was yeah. fire. That shit was, was fire. Was I, I watched it in person. It was fire, bro. Banger. It was, it was a good fight. But he's fighting Christos Giagos, who is 20 and 10 as a pro, 6 and 6 in the UFC, 12 finishes as a pro, 8 KOs and 4 subs. Here's the thing. And here's where I, you know, here's where I lean Zell Hooper. Only one of the guys out of the six wins that Christos Giagos has beaten, only one of them is still in UFC. Mm-hmm. So he's beaten some trash cans. Uh, he does, I will say, though. He Isn't does he old, losses. too? Isn't he old, too? I think he's 33. Um, okay, not terrible, yeah. Yeah, uh, but... His losses are good. I will give him that. I mean, the man, you have no shame losing to Charlie Charlie Olives. You have no shame losing to Tiago Moises. Moises Zarukian, yeah. Um Armin Zarukian, Jakar Close, which Jakar Close has not fought in 10 years. But I need him um, to fucking fight. God damn it. Yeah. He lost to Josh Emmett. He lost to Gilbert Burns. So damn. he does not have bad losses. He doesn't. But his wins are the problem. Um, and he's not finishing in the UFC at all, bro. I mean, he has a Darce choke and a left hook win over Ricky Glenn. I mean, it's Ricky fucking Glenn. Come on. Um, but he's a Darce choke over a guy that's not in the UFC anymore. He beat Carlton Minus in a decision. Carlton Minus is not in the UFC. Um, I'm looking at his UFC career decision. Decision. Uh, he lost a naked choke to Charles Oliveira. Decision against the guy that's not in the UFC anymore. He lost a split decision to a guy that's – Oh, that was a different promotion. But, yeah, so bottom line, he's not winning against people that he should win against. Or he 
He is winning against the people he should have won against, I should say. But they're not in the UFC anymore. They're not they're not good competition. Anytime he fights a guy that should that should beat him, he loses. And Daniel Zohuber is that guy. Daniel Zohuber is probably gonna win. Uh I see either a decision. I could see I could see uh, you know, Giagos winning a round. Um but either third round KO by Daniel Zohuber or a decision. So what do you think about that, man? Man, here's the thing. <clears throat> so I'm high. I think I said it before we started. Uh, before we started this thing, I'm. I, I like Daniel Zell Hooper. What I saw in KC had me fucking hyped about this guy because if anybody knows, I'm a huge Funky fan, man. I'm. I'm a huge, or not? Sorry, Funky Groovy. I'm a huge Groovy fan. Uh, Lando Venata and the way that he just did Lando, and again, I think the height had a lot to do with it. He's six foot one, um, which helped, but. Again, Again, Lando Venata is a fucking dog. I know his record doesn't reflect that necessarily, but we have to remember he almost finished fucking Tony Ferguson. Um, a lot of people forget about that. But anyway, Lando Venata was supposed to be a huge prospect. Obviously, he didn't pan out. Daniel Zell Huber, though, fucking took it to him, dude. Um, he's like 26. Christos Giagos is 33. Just looking at it. Um and Christos Giagos' wins are fucking horrendous. So that's 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 the point where you come to that's where the point that I come to, right? With with Christos Giagos. Yeah, his yeah. his 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 losses, and you said it too, dude. You you cooked on it. It's his wins and it and it's it's his wins, dude. His losses are too great competition, but his wins are too fucking horrendous competition. So it's like, where does it weigh out? Like the U, I'm looking at this, and the UFC had him fight killers, and then they would go from a killer to a f- fucking bum. So it, it's it's weird. Um, and Daniel Zellhuber is not a bum, dude. You know, Ricky Glenn is his best win, and honest to God, Daniel Zellhuber would beat the fuck out of Ricky Glenn. Um, and I think that fucking Lando Venata would probably beat Christos Giagos and Daniel Zellhuber beat him so the the fucking the i think daniel zell huber might uh he's probably gonna get his decision because i will say uh giagos is tough he's fought tough competition but i think the um i just think the youth uh the length he is taller by three inches i don't know what the reach is going to be i remember that I'm, i do remember that 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 zell huber has a pretty good reach he, dude, he just looks so fucking big. He looks like I don't know if anybody's ever seen Joel Alvarez. Obviously, Joel Alvarez is like six foot three, but or something like that. But like Daniel Zellhuber reminds me so much of Joel Alvarez. He just fucking so lanky, and that is a big, big help in a division like lightweight. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, my long winded my long winded approach, like it always is, my soapbox approach. I like to call it. Um, Daniel Zellhuber probably by decision um, because Giagos is fairly tough, and I don't know Zellhuber's level yet. If he's future top ten, it's a finish. If he's future like top twenty, it's probably a decision. So yeah, Zellhuber, young, hungry, let's go for it. And I'm high on him. Man. I'm high on him. I think he's going to do good things. I think he's going to definitely crack the top fifteen. There we go. All right. I like it. Hot. Here's um, my hot take coming in the next one. Oh, 
may not be hot because I'm kind of probably going to agree with you if it's hot. Hey, pick. let's but, go. Um, uh, yeah, the next fight we've got Raul Rosas Jr. versus Terrence Mitchell. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr. is 7-1 and one as a pro. He's still 18 years old. Uh, he's 1-1 one one in UFC. He did win on Dana White contender, contender series. Sorry. Um, his one loss comes to uh, Christian Rodriguez in the UFC. Uh, he's very green, obviously. Shout out, C-Rod. Very green. Um, the dude's 18. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, 14-3 and three as a pro. 0-1 in the UFC, took it on short notice. Um, he is very untested, and I have you know, said that in a previous podcast. He's very untested. Um, he only has three fights since 2018. Um, he, I think he had a bad injury or something. Most of his fights, my thing, my only problem with him, most of his fights come – Almost all of them come from Alaska, Alaska's regional scene, which is, you know, Alaska's regional scene. They're separated from the mainland. You know, it's going to be yeah. one of those. But um, he's 14 finishes and his 14 career, 14 wins. So there you go. He's got six KOs and eight subs. And I just think he has a majority or like a maturity advantage. Um, I think he's going to win. I think Terrence Mitchell's going to win. Uh, I think Raul's, Raul Roses Jr. is just still too green to, to fight a guy that's fought uh, 17 times, um, especially at his age. I think Terrence Mitchell's like 30-something. He's thirty. He's lower 30s. 33, but, maybe 32? I don't know. Yeah, 33 sounds about right. Um, but, uh, you know, man, <laughs> yeah, he's 33. But <sighs> the guy just – He's due for a win, and Raul Rosas Jr. is just – the only problem that I see for Terrence Mitchell, because I think Terrence Mitchell is truly more talented probably everywhere just because he's more mature, has more fights, is older. The only thing that I could see to the advantage of Raul Rosas Jr. is, is the hunger because – He's so young and hungry, and he just lost his first fight ever. So I could see – I do see a world where, you know, Raul Rosas Jr. comes out and just fucking dog walks him. I do see that world. There is 100% the possibility for that. But I just think Terrence Mitchell's, you know, maturity and, and fight experience is going to be too much. And I think that <laughs> – listen to this, Knuckles. Mm-hmm. As of 2.30 today – Raul Rosas Jr. being a minus 700 favorite is insane, and Terrence Mitchell is plus 500. Insanity, dude. Insanity. So that's where we're at. And so I think – Minus uh, minus 700. Yeah, and Terrence Mitchell is plus 500. So they're acting – I'm going to get mad. <laughs> they're, acting, they're acting like <clears> – <throat> Raul I will be throwing Jr. some dangerous money on fucking Terrence Mitchell. That's believe. Yeah, honestly, man. I think they're I'm taking too much stock in Terrence Mitchell's loss to fucking Cameron Simon, who is about to be like a ranked contender in that division. On well, short yeah, notice. No, that's, on yeah, short that's notice. Thing, that's, that's what are you talking that's, about, dude? That's the thing, man. That's the thing. And, and <clears throat> I'm just going to be real. Like, you know, no, no like I want to get fucking – I want to – Get C Rod on. I want to get C Rod on this podcast, but I'm just gonna be real, man. Losing to C Rod versus losing to Cameron Simon is fucking night and day. But now that being said, I think that C Rod is a good stylistic matchup for Cameron Simon. But we'll get into that later. My whole fucking point is, is that 
those are two completely different fucking losses. Two completely different losses. Terrence Mitchell also was coming off of a what was it, two or three year, two or three year layoff, right, Max? I think we were talking about it last time. And it, it's just, it's yep. just, it's just, it is just night and day difference in losses. Don't get me wrong, Raul tried, and it was not close, but it was like more competitive. Um, like you said, I think the experience, I think the old man strength, uh, and again, I say old man strength because bantamweights, anybody below 155 ages differently than people who age above that. Um, it's been proven in the MMA. So when you're past like 32, you start getting that fucking old man strength. And Terrence Mitchell, dude, he's a scrawny dude, but I'm telling you right now, I think Raul Rose Jr. is going to go in there and he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to fuck this guy up, whatever. But I think Terrence Mitchell is going to come out and be like, okay, hold on a second. Let me show you some shit real quick, kid. Because fucking Raul should have done exactly what Sean O'Malley, who is the bantamweight champion of the fucking world, said to do, is take, like, I think he told him to take a year off. I think it might have been two years, a year or two, and do not fucking fight and just train. Get your body ready, get stronger, get fucking bigger, get better, and then come back. And fuck it, who knows? When Raul comes back, if he were to do that, Raul could be a featherweight. Because honestly, looking at Raul's frame, if he built himself up, like if he built himself up properly, and how good he is on the ground, because don't get me wrong, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to a shout out to Raul Rosas. For 18 years old, that dude's tough on the ground, and he's strong on the ground. Yeah. Maybe build yourself up. Maybe gain some muscle. Maybe fucking get big, and guess what? Maybe fight at 145. Maybe. I don't know. That might be crazy, but I think he's just so small and he's 18 years old. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold prediction. We'll come back to this in like 10 years from now, maybe because this podcast could be long running as we know, but fucking bookmark this 10 years from now. I guarantee you, I guarantee you Raul Roses Jr. is not saying at bantamweight for his whole career. Promise you that he's not, he just, his body frame his his body frame's telling me that he needs to go to 145 like build his career up go to 145 yeah but i like i always do i fucking talk too much it is Dan, it is uh it is terrence mitchell is going to get this victory probably he's probably going to surprise some people he might get a fucking finish he might surprise all of you put i can't bet in my state but if i could i probably would put a unit because you know obviously i'm not going to release what i would bet um but i would put a unit i would put a unit and a half on terrence mitchell i'm gonna get wild i'm gonna say put a unit and a half on terrence mitchell so there's a knuckles betting tip but again i, I can't mean, bet plus 500 is crazy it yeah all right shit the main. i guess um oh, oh! <laughs> Unfortunately, I guess we won't see Alex tonight. We haven't heard from him, so, so uh, we're right, just going to go on, man. Yep. I run. What can you do? Um. Anyway, <clears throat> we've got Tom uh, <laughs> versus Jack Delamantelena. I I just have a funny feeling I might differ in this one, uh, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, Kevin I Holland. I think I know who you're picking, yeah. 25 and 9 as a pro. 
Uh, he's 12 and 6 in the UFC. He's won two in a row against uh, uh, Ponte. Uh, Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, yeah. yeah Ponzinibbio and, uh, um, you know, Chiesa. Uh, he's 12 and 6 in the UFC. Like I said, um, he's a dog. Uh, he's fighting Jack Della Menelena. Uh He's 5 and 0 in the UFC. He's 15 and 2. Um, 13 finishes, 11 KOs, and two subs. He's got four UFC finishes out of his five wins. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to ignore the, the Hafez fight. Uh, that was his one split decision win he's had in the UFC. Um, it was on short notice from Hafez's part, and obviously, um, JD, JDM was not preparing for, for that kind of fighter. You know, different different styles. Was that yeah. the last one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was, um, though. <clears throat> Was he? He was preparing for that type of fight. Are you sure? He, he was fighting Sean Brady, dude. He was preparing yeah, for a grappling dude, match. Yeah, but it's a different Hoff, Hoff has, Hoff, But I was going to say, Hafez is also like a lot bigger than Sean Brady. A lot bigger. Hafez was... Dude, Hafez is a fucking middle boy. I don't care what yeah. he says. So, but, yeah, yeah, but, go ahead. Sorry, man. JDM looked better in that fight than Hafez did, but it was definitely a humbling moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, taught but, him, taught um, him some lessons, yeah. Yeah. I just think JDM is more rounded, more technical than Kevin Holland. I love Kevin Holland. I like Kevin Holland more than I like JDM. But I just picking based off of my brain and picks, you know, I think uh, JDM is probably going to win. I don't know. We'll see. What do you think? Oh, shit. I'm getting a phone call. It's a uh, call Big Mouth. It's It's Big Mouth. He's calling me. So yeah, call Big Mouth, man. You know, you know how it is, man. Ooh. I I ride, I, I ride with Trailblazer. I'm not saying that, dude. We we're differing, but I'm not saying that it's a guarantee. But I'm telling you right now, I have this feeling because what I go back to is how fucking actually surprisingly, like yeah, he got his ass beat. But like how like he kind of kept up with Stephen Thompson in some exchanges. Again, Stephen Thompson is a different type of fighter. Than JDM because JDM's a boxer. Stephen Thompson is a karate fighter, kickboxing style, right? So, JDM's so you're dealing more well rounded than true, true, true. And we've seen what happens to Kevin Holland when he fights anyone that has a lick of any wrestling ability. I'm just saying. Who? How did Kevin Holland win his last fight? Who did he win it against? And what was their against- fighting stuff? He, Michael Keith. Okay, he wanted against on. Michael Keith. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, come on. Don't do okay. that. Come okay. on. Let's be honest. Because honestly, is on the downfall. True. Like, JDM. JDM would fucking floor Keith. Yeah. So. Without but, a question. But what I'm saying is, though, dude, like I'm saying, like, I do think because I Kevin think Holland has. Fight. I think Kevin Holland has been doing a lot more grappling training as well. But I, I don't think that's, that's that doesn't matter. I don't think JDM is going to go to fucking grappling. Unless it comes to a last ditch effort, um, I think it's going to be a stand up fight. I think they're going to fucking bang um, Kevin Holland. I think what it's going to be is it's going to be a lot of JDM chasing. There's going to be a lot of Kevin countering, but I just feel like Kevin is going to be able to cut the cage off when he's countering more. Like like JDM's gonna try to like cut cut the cage off. He's gonna try to do what Sean Strickland did to Izzy. That like look look at that fight. But JDM is not the same kind of striker that Sean Strickland is because he doesn't it's, he just doesn't do the same stuff. He's a boxer yeah. similar, but I think I think that 
we're going to see a lot of Ke- uh, Kevin Holland backing away. Um, but I think he's going to just be able to fucking tag him from the outside. And uh, JDM's going to rush for it. He's, he's going to have his blitzes. But in those moments, man, Kevin Kevin's fucking quote unquote kung fu style. You know he's gonna he's gonna have he's gonna have some he's gonna have some flashes and I just I don't know I think the experience against who he's fought because again we're talking about JDM who his most experienced his mo- his his biggest fighter that he's fought like the best fighter he's fought is Randy Brown which is a yeah. good fighter like don't fucking get me fooled Randy Brown's a good fighter but but fucking Kevin Holland has fought Michael Chiesa Stephen Thompson Marvin Vittori Derek Brunson. Uh, Jock You're talking about guys he's lost. Okay, but let, let, let. but don't bring up guys. But again, he's lost it's experience to. is what I'm trying to say. I'm, but yeah. I'm saying it's experience though. But dude, you're talking about the it's best experience. competition, and a lot of those you, you guys. Literally just said, okay, okay. You, just, you okay. literally just said so, the best competition that JDM fought was Randy Brown, and he ran through him with zero opposition whatsoever. And it's the same. Uh, I'm man. I just I think that Kevin Hall is going to beat him, man. I think that he's going to. I think he's going to be able to keep the range. And when JDM tries to press, Kevin Holland's going to invoke the fucking big mouth, bro. start talking to him, and he's going to like do some weird shit. And hey, bro, I'm I'm telling you right. Now, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I know you think that Kevin Holland is a shit grappler. He's not a great grappler, but neither is JDM. Obviously, um, I think you might see Kevin. Don't go to the that. ground. Don't do that. See Kevin go Stop it. You're not going to see that. That is not going to happen. That is a zero percent chance of happening. We're talking. We we literally he did it. Against, about, he did it against Kiesa, bro. He did it against Kiesa. He fucking knocked him. He he clubbed and subbed him. Okay, but no, dude, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. We're not going to okay. say that. We're not going to say that. Kevin fucking Holland is going to initiate wrestling. He literally has said that wrestling is – he hates it. It's his least favorite thing on earth to do. He's not going to wrestle. He's not going to wrestle. Okay, that's Hell that's will hey, dude, that's, freeze that's, over dude, before Kevin Holland tries hey, to wrestle. Hey, man. I'll say this right now. I'm 6'3", like Kevin Holland. Again, he's got like a little bit longer reach. But us, us tall dudes, dude, we don't like wrestling because we fucking yeah. get beat every time. But Well, JDM I, okay, so, can wrestle the fuck out of Kevin Holland if he wants to. That's my thing. He, I don't think he's good. JDM, I don't think he's good. And the thing is, the thing is, bro, <sighs> JDM's gonna piece him up, man. I'm sorry. I and I'm saying that like here's, here's I, I'm my being, thing. I'm being think... your enemy here, but like I love Kevin Holland. That's, no, but that's I like that's, that's I the, like yeah. Kevin Holland more than I like Jack. I love Jack Della Maddalena, but Kevin Holland's one of my top five favorite, like top five favorite fighters. I just don't see him winning that fight. He just can't do it. Hey, I don't think he can. Man, that's the thing. We gotta have this, man. We gotta. We, you have to have that. That sometimes. Like I, said, I hope I'm I wrong. I hope Again, I'm wrong. I, and that's nothing against JDM. I just love Kevin Holland, but I hope I'm wrong. I don't see it happen. I hey, just man, think you know, JDM's the, a class the, above. The crazy thing is, man. Like, I also said in the past that I thought if that if uh, Ian Gary and JDM fought, that JDM would be Ian, Ian Gary. And then I also said that if Ian Gary and Kevin Holland fought, Ian Gary would be Kevin Holland. So MMA math, but as we know, MMA math doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, you know, I think here here's what I'll say. I do think personally, I think Kevin Holland will win. Obviously, you think JDM will win. But here's the thing: I think if it goes to decision, Kevin Holland wins. I think if it goes, I think if it is a finish, it'll be JDM. I'll say that. Don't ask me why. The fucking winds are whispering to me, and that's what they're telling me. So, um, 
but my official pick is probably Holland by decision, if not decision, maybe a weird ass submission. Because I don't know if he's knocking him out. I don't know how good I don't know how good Jack's chin is. I like I know he got touched a couple times <laughs> by uh, the last, last dude, but I don't know how good his chin is. So um, it'll definitely be Jack Jack's toughest test. I but man, it's it, like all I know is it's gonna be a fucking it's gonna be interesting. It may not be a phenomenal fight because every time that we say that a fight's guaranteed banger, it it always fails. But man. Yeah. If this fight's not a guaranteed banger, it will be. It'll. It'll be. It'll be a learning fight, if that's one way to put it. We'll learn a lot about both fighters. So, but there we go, man. Before we move into the main event. But anyway, before we move into the main event, I hate to do it again, man. I gotta fucking take a piss. So we got like I have to pee bad. So we gotta take a break. Have we really not taken a? All right. Hey everybody. So we're back. Had to take a little take a little break, but we are back and we are preparing for the main event of Noche UFC Mexican Mexican Independence Day. Um, thank you guys for fucking joining us in this journey. We appreciate everybody that listens. We appreciate everybody that supports us. We appreciate everybody that follows, likes, subscribes, or just just anything in general. Um, but. Yeah, we got Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. I'm going to... I just wanted to, like, open this up because I'm fucking excited for this fight. But uh, I'm going to let Max cook first because he's got the odds. He's got the the whole breakdown a lot better than I do. And I've got, I've just kind of got, like, my pick and how I've looked at the fight in the past. So, um, Max, going into this, uh, what, do you, what do you got for me, brother? Yeah, man. Uh, so we've got Alexa, Alexa Grasso, obviously the champion. Uh, she's 16-3 and three as a pro. She's 8-3 in the UFC. She's fighting Valentina Shevchenko, who's 23-4 and four as a pro. She's 12-3 and three in the UFC. Two of those losses come to Amanda Nunez, and one comes to Alexa Grasso. Um, Alexa Grasso has six finishes in the in general, but um, in her pro career. She has four KOs and two subs. Um, the only losses in, in her career – she has three in her UFC career. Um, two of them are very good losses. One of them is not that great. But, I mean, Carla Esparza is not a bad loss. Tatiana Suarez obviously has aged beautifully. Felice Herrig is not a good loss, but we'll just move past that because that was a long time ago. She only has two UFC finishes, which is, you know, it's not not necessarily on par, you know, for UFC women's MMA. So uh, it is what it is. Valentina Shevchenko, like I said, she's 23 and 4. She's 12 and 3 in the UFC. Her only L's are to Nunez twice and Grosso. Uh, she has 15 finishes in her career, which is nice for, for women's MMA. She's got eight KOs and seven submissions. Um, she's 35 years old, man. I think she's lost a step. I have been leaning. Um, I've been leaning uh, uh, Valentina for a long time, ever since this fight was announced. But literally in doing the research, I, I changed to Alexa Grasso. I think Alexa Grasso wins. Um, I think Valentina is probably just about done. Uh, it's a controversial opinion. And Alexa Grasso is plus 135, and Valentina Shevchenko is minus 175. So Valentina is the favorite in the rematch. I think Grasso gets it done in a little bit more favorable form than she did the first time. Kind of like Leon versus um, Kamaro too. 
I think that's how it's gonna go. What do you think? Damn, I like I like the I like the deep cut with the Leon and in the in the uh, Kamaru because I was going the opposite way. Man, I'm picking Valentina. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I'm picking Valentina, and I'm leaning towards the opposite view. So you're 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 looking at the Leon and Kamaru. I am looking at the Israel Alex Pajeda. Pajera, how do you want to say it? Pajera. And I'm looking at the Amanda Nunez and Pereira. Uh, yeah, Pereira. Sorry, Pereira. Yeah. Dude, they all announced their last names so differently. It's fucking hard because it's Michelle Pajeda, Alex Pereira. It's fucking. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway. Bruno Fajaya. So, yeah, I'm looking at the Izzy. But, Bruno, yeah, Fajaya, that's a whole nother one. Yeah. So, so we're. So, anyway, Izzy and Alex. That rematch, I'm looking at the the Nunez and uh, um, Pena rematch, and, and, that, and that's I'm I'm leaning more towards um, the Alex and Izzy because I think that Alexa is going to have her moments because she is a phenomenal fighter. Don't get like that's the thing, dude. I think she's so fucking underrated, man. There's a reason she was in that fight in the first place. The f- first one a lot of people are like oh man this is a wash like you know like why are we putting her in here she's in that fight for a reason man it's kind of like sean strickland these people are in this fight for a fucking reason right the difference is is valentina was waxing that ass until the finish happened and i'm not gonna say like waxing that ass like kamaru and leon but she definitely did a lot more than kamaru did against leon to earn that she's a little more action heavy but that was her downfall that spinning fucking back kick also speaking of spinning back kick that leads into demises you know um i guess i could reference chris weidman but i'm not gonna do that uh why the fuck did the ea ea ufc trailer on the ea ufc trailer one of the things that they like highlighted was Valentina spinning back kicking somebody. That's just like a dig at Valent. That's just them fucking talking shit to Valentina. Like, oh look at you, you dumbass. But anyway, anyway, sorry. But also, yeah, that's the thing is champions going forward, whether you're male, female, whatever the fuck, don't spinning back kick. Take a note from fucking Valentina Shevchenko and take a note from fucking Chris Weidman. Both of them threw a spinning back kick. Chris Weidman got the brakes beat the fuck off of him for that. And uh, and then also Chael Sonnen, dude. Chael Sonnen, who's undefeated, undisputed. He didn't lose that fight. But, you know, um, throwing spinning back shit, dude. Don't throw spinning spinning shit. Don't throw spinning shit. Um, but, yeah, Valentina is going to come in. And I think she's going to put on a performance. Um. That's not even like a phenomenal performance. I think she's just going to put on a performance. It's not going to be like, like Nunez and Pena where she just beats the dog shit out of her. I think it's just going to be she's going to come in, still look old because she is, dude. She's been fighting. Fun fact. Fun fucking fact. Fedor Emelianenko, who just retired, who, who was like 40 fucking 4,000 years old. Valentina Shevchenko started if not the same year, it was like a year or two after he did in MMA. She was like 15. So she's been fighting for a minute. She's been fighting for a minute. So give her a fucking break. But anyway, 
soapbox approach like I always do, cooking on all this shit. Valentina Shevchenko thinks is going to win it. Now, that's not to say if you got some money, Alexa Grasso's a dog. Throw some money down on, like, maybe hedge your bets, dude. Maybe throw a little bit on Valentina. Maybe throw a little bit on Alexa by finish. Maybe throw a little bit on Alexa by decision. You're probably going to win either way. Anyway, you're muted, man. You're muted, man. What you guys say? Oh, I was about to say I don't like Valentina. I'm sorry. I just can't stand her. Can't stand her. Yeah. No, no, I don't. Like, shh, shh. dude, she that shit. Once you, dude, that shh. I hate her interviews. I don't like. I, I, I she's think she's become a, such a cunt, dude. She's, she's, she's a so great entitled, fighter. bro. She's, she's, she's a great fighter. But she's so entitled, and the way that she like, oh, man, dude, the way that she fucking. You know oh, what I need? You know what I need? Your last one. She, dude, look at your fucking face in that replay and tell me that that was the ref's fault, you bitch. <laughs> dude, her face. Okay. Red, completely white. I, dude, I, I think I have, I wish I, I had a gun. screenshot. I hate that white. Gun, dude. No, she lost. She lost, dude. She lost. She fucking lost. But yeah. anyway, I, what I need, what I need really, though, is for her to win, retire, and then her and Amanda Nunes. Like need to talk with the UFC, get a little special bout set up where it's just them two versus each other for a final fucking time at 135. No belts on the line, just those two going at it, and I'll be happy because I think honestly, I think Amanda beats her. I know, yeah. I a lot of people thought Nuna or a lot of people thought Pena beat or not Pena fucking Valentina beat her like twice. A lot of people thought Valentina beat. Her. I I think I personally think Valentina beat her once, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think man, I pray to the MMA gods that Valentina wins and then retires, and then, and then we'll loses and retires. No, 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 no. This is what I want. This is what I want, Max. Because <laughs> I want, I want, I want some people to realize. I want Valentina to win and then retire. Don't get me wrong. I love Alexa. Love Alexa. But I, I want Amanda to, or I want Valentina to win and then retire. And then for the vacant, and then for the vacant title, for the vacant title, I want Aaron Blanchfield versus Mana Fioro. So we can get this fucking congestion that seems like starting to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because right now we're at a point at who's next for the title. Is it Aaron? Is it Manon? The best fucking answer to that is Valentina retire and Manon and Aaron fight for the title. Which the the long the long the fucking quick answer is oh may. Oh may. The quick answer though is Aaron Blanchfield's gonna win the title no matter what, but May. Oh, she can't hear me, but oh, she probably can. She got dog hearing. She can probably hear me through the speaker or through the headphones. But hey, look the other way. She's like a baby. I love it. She's like hello. She's like hello. Everybody, say hi to May. If you're listening to this podcast, say hi. Leave it. Leave it. Leave a comment on the YouTube video saying hi to May. But <laughs> but anyway, man. I'm more interested in her in her bones. But yep. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, hey, I man. mean, I hear what you're saying. I think, uh, you know, like I said, I like your opinion. I like your opinion, though. I like your opinion. Though. I'm not. I'm not. That's that's literally probably the fight that I'm least confident on of the night. 
of all the fights. I'm also I'm honestly like it's me too, dude. I'm also the least confident because Valentina just looks old as dick, dude. Mm-hmm. She munching. She munching. She munching. She's interested in them bones. <laughs> <laughs> She anyway, <laughs> hell yeah, fuck yeah. God, I gotta, I gotta get a dog again, man. I gotta get one. I need, a, I need she a little tiny. I need, need a little, little tiny one like your fucking roommate, dude. That little, that little fucking <laughs> Chaco, <laughs> yeah, just... dude. She's so fucking old, dude. She's like a hundred years old. But um, yeah, man. Anyway. I think I I'm just going to go smoke and eat this food that's about to be on the way. So, I mean, right. hell, we done did this thing. Um, oh, it's yeah. unfortunate that Alex couldn't hop in here with us. Uh, we'll have him next time, hopefully. We'll run um, it back. We'll run it back. Yeah, we yeah got for it. sure. Um, you know, everybody, uh, we appreciate y'all as always. Uh, we appreciate everybody hopping in. Like I said, like I say every single time, uh, subscribe to our Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube account. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Whatever you can do, man, just listen to the listen to the shit. Hey, I, you know, I know you don't I like never, us. You don't like us. Even if uh, you don't like us, leave us a bullshit like a, a shit comment. You know, yeah, say, say fuck like you that, guys. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah, let us know. Also, like, and and if you guys want to, we never say this, but share it, share it. To, like, if you like this shit, and you know some people that will like some MMA stuff, yeah, man, tell them about yeah. it. Tell them about it for sure. You know, you know follow, also follow. The account, our account on Twitter. Um, we got an Instagram. We're terrible about keeping up at it, but we will get better. Um, yep. Facebook is still pending. We've been pending on Facebook for months because none of us really use Facebook. But if you want to follow us on Facebook, that'll be pending in the future. But uh, follow our pers- follow our personal accounts. Uh, follow they're in, Alex, they're in the no bio. More. They're in the bio. They're in the yeah, bio yeah. Of, of every yeah, okay, single that's, fucking. Yeah. Account we have, so there you go. That's, there there. that's better to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Twitter because that's where we're most active. That's where we're exactly. most active. Yep. All right. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Noche UFC. I apologize to the the Hispanic community that's watching. I planned on having Modelos for this podcast, but Coors are going to have to suffice. I will tell you right now. I do plan on during the event. Having a twelve pack of Modelo by my side, so damn. Should I get a bottle of tequila? Yeah, if you, if I, hey, I'm debating on tequila or Modelo. I might go with tequila because I do have I do have lim I do have limes. Damn, I'm gonna have to get some limes. Hell but yeah! Hell. All right, I'll stay All right, tuned. <laughs> hell yeah! Love you, buddy. Love you guys. Love buddy. Love you, buddy. Peace out, brother. Every day I spend my time. Feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I can understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time.